Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Two Naris podcast. I am your host, James, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Timmy Long. Hi, everyone. Sean is on the switch. Just say hi, Sean. How's it going? And our guest today is a Kerry lady, Grace Alice. Is sex and relationships expert, is it? Yeah, well, okay. sex and intimacy specialist. Intimacy specialist. Better <laughs> it's again. It's a mouthful. Better again. Yeah. It's an, yeah, interesting, yeah. It's an interesting title to have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Before we get into it, just for the people that don't know you, where are you from? Where did you grow up? Yeah, so I'm from Milltown. Um, so that's where I grew up. So for anyone that doesn't know, it's kind of mid-Kerry. Um, so kind of, I always think of it as between Dingle and Killarney, two great towns. Yeah. Um, my mum is actually from Dublin. And um, she moved down to Kerry with my dad. Uh, so, yeah, and then I moved away to Cork for five years when I went to college. So did you go to UCC or CIT? I did, UCC, yeah. What did you study? Uh, occupational therapy. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, initially the plan was to go down that route, like going to healthcare. Mm. But um, I'm sure we'll get into that anyway. You know, it kind of didn't really end up going the, the straightforward route, but yeah. I'm glad I didn't. How know. was it grown up for you, Grace? Um, good, yeah. Like, I was thinking about this when I was actually driving here because I was listening to other episodes of the podcast and people talking about their childhood and everything. And like, you know, I suppose like everyone, there was good and bad. Um, My parents are separated now and they're great. Like, they're both wonderful. They just weren't necessarily, you know, good as partners. Mm-hmm. They're great parents. Um, So growing up, like, that was tough. Like, they, they you know, they didn't... um. They didn't really have a really loving relationship and that. Um, so that was that was kind of hard. Um, I think from from the outside as a teenager, I think I looked like I had everything sorted. Like I always had a boyfriend. I always had friends. I did really well in school, to be honest, like I did. Um, I worked hard, like, but mm-hmm. I did do well. You know, I didn't have any great difficulties that way. But I had really bad anxiety. Um, I was actually diagnosed with depression three weeks before my leave insert. And I don't think anyone from the outside again would have mm. just even seen that maybe. People on the outside look like oh, she has it together, smell, yeah. pretty, you know, stable environment. But actually that wasn't the case. No, mm. yeah, exactly. It, like yeah. depression is a big diagnosis to get three weeks out from the biggest yeah. you know, thing in your childhood. You know? I'd, I'd, say, I, I'd also say the leaving sort had a lot to do with that too, the yeah. amount of pressure that's yeah. on it. It's, it's stre- there is. I mean, there's you know? way too much pressure. Like there is that. But the thing is, I wasn't, from my memory, I wasn't overly worried about the exams themselves. Mm. Now, I wasn't like, oh, I'll be fine, you know. But I kind of like, you know, unfortunately, the school system is not designed for all kinds of learners, but it is designed for people like me. Like, it it was fine for me, you know, like being honest about it. Um, I could learn things off and regurgitate them, you know. But it was funny because when I went to the doctor um, then, it was three weeks before, he said mild depression, um, so whatever that, I mean, that's subjective, yeah. right? Like what, mm. um, and I suppose in that sense, because I was very high functioning, for want of a better term, like that, I was able to kind of go about my day and, and whatnot. Um, but like inside, I was just like... Had you stuff going on outside the school in your life? Like yeah, it'd be so tough for somebody growing up as a teenager as well. With a hundred percent, yeah. Friends and girls yeah. and and boys. You yeah, know. I think for me, 
there, there was a few things like there was stuff with my parents and the home life w- was difficult like that was hard I I I have been anxious for as long as I can remember like I can remember being an anxious five-year-old I was just a worrier of mm-hmm. a child and you know I, I've just kind of always been that way and, and there's kind of reasons for that I think um like my parents they had a stillborn baby bef- right before me <clears throat> well not right before me but you know like say two or three years before me so I was a high-risk pregnancy so from the beginning there was all this kind of um <clears throat> like I suppose anxiety around me and keeping me safe and yeah. keeping me healthy and you know you absorb that yeah. as a child yeah. and um but then I was finding myself in really just unhealthy relationships with boys like with, with uh, you know um the opposite sex during my teens and that definitely played a part as well like my self-worth was very low I had disordered eating as well I didn't have an eating disorder but I engaged in disordered eating so mm. like I wouldn't eat for hours and hours and hours and I'd eat at home I, w- I didn't like to be seen eating mm. I developed and I had panic mm. attacks in class um all these kind of things going on that must have been difficult yeah. yeah like they were all just I think symptoms of anxiety symptoms mm. of depression slash anxiety coming out in different ways but I had no understanding of when you're looking for external stuff yeah. to suit it yeah with exactly. boys and food and stuff like that <clears throat> exactly um and I had I had a condition as well it's called vaginismus and if there's uh, women that I'm sure there's lots of women that listen to this podcast it's quite common now but it wasn't talked about for a long time so similarly to when a man has erectile dysfunction or he can't get hard he can't get erect mm. um I like the muscles in the vagina don't relax they actually tense up they tighten and mm. it's out of your control it's involuntary you know mm. um and I figured out I had that from age it was about 13 or 14 so I tried to use tampons couldn't it was just like just that part of my body was just so tensed. now other parts of my body were tense too yeah. you know we hold so yeah. much tension but I was so surprised to see why isn't this working for mm-hmm. me? Like mm-hmm. it seems to be working for everyone else. So that meant I couldn't, you know, be intimate. I couldn't have sex. Yeah. I couldn't, you know, I could kiss, I could touch, I could, you know, there's oral sex, whatever. And that's all great. But my body wasn't doing what I wanted to do, what mm-hmm. I wanted it to do. Um, and again, there was so little information on it. There was so little support for it. It was so isolating. Did you have somebody to talk to about it when you were younger? The only person I really talked to was my mum, who, again, was great, but, like, she didn't know what it... She kind of thought it was just the normal, oh, you're just maybe nervous yeah, and yeah. it'll get easier as you get older and whatnot, um, which it wasn't. It was more than that, you know. It, it is it is an actual condition, you know, and um, it went on for years. And I think that really affected my self-worth, and I think that's why a big part of why I ended up in very unhealthy and one particularly abusive relationship because I suppose it affected my self-worth to like oh I can't give a man sex so whoever will have me you know whoever will love me I'll give my love to them or I'll give whatever I can to them Mm. which yeah which was really you can see how that leads you into the wrong arms completely do you know we got um, we got sent a couple of copies of uh, Gabba Matthews mm. new book there, The Myth of Normal. But uh, I was listening to it on Audible there recently. But he speaks about psychosomatic conditions. Yeah. And he says, like, not psychosomatic in, like, the pop psychology meaning, which can be undermining for people. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you don't really have a condition. It's mm-hmm. all in your head. Mm-hmm. But he, he says, no, psychosomatic is, like, the connection between the mind and the body. Yeah. And if there's something wrong with the mind, it affects the biology in Absolutely. a real way. Yeah. So yeah. Do, do you think that that maybe the anxiety, like when we had a guest on here before, she went through her life full of anxiety and fear, but the, 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 everything was okay. Mm. But only in her 50s or 60s mm. during lockdown mm. did she figure out that she went through a very traumatic pregnancy and childbirth. Mm. And she was able to tap into mm. that and then kind of overcome the physical stuff, you know? Yeah. It's like yeah. fibromyalgia as well. It's, it's yeah. very similar to fibromyalgia mm. where something may have happened, mm. the body, yeah. you know, yeah. you may not remember as an adult, mm-hmm. yeah. but 
there's pain mm. consistently coming up and mm. you actually don't even know where it's happened a lot for both men and women particularly and men energy women. is trapped in the body yeah isn't it? it's trapped and it sometimes f it can be back pain hips legs yeah particularly back yeah, back yeah, yeah. mostly and i suppose one of the main areas of healing for it is to actually be able to meet whatever mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that experience mm -hmm. was mm -hmm. that stopped you at that period of your life you know and we had a lady on and she spoke about it in detail yeah. and she never known that something had happened to her as a young child mm -hmm. and when she realized that she was feeling the way she was and she had the fibromyalgia over this mm. it was gone within two or three weeks well, yeah. Yeah. What's, what's the name of the condition you have again Vaginismus. Now, thankfully, I don't have it anymore. How did you um, work through that? So, yeah, I did get treatment for it. And I'll definitely speak on that. But just to go back to what you said, because yeah. I think it is, it is, you're so right. And it's important that, like, the, the connection between the, the mind and the body. And, you know, we have a tendency sometimes to treat, um, for example, vaginismus, so tightening of the, you know, the vaginal muscles. Mm. You know, we have this condition, or sorry, this... Um, tendency to look at the physical or completely separate almost okay it's either psychological or it's physical and it can be both and you know over the years I've done a lot of therapy I've, I've reflected on things and I think there's a few things that contributed to it some things are unique to me um like I had an incident when I was about three or four why where I fell on the bar of a tricycle mm. and I remember I, I I had some a little bit of bleeding so that obviously was a just yeah. a, a trauma at that young age in that area I remember yeah. the pain I actually remember yeah. where I was my dad had a bakery I was in the bakery and I remember the you know the blinding pain yeah. where you can't breathe or speak mm. and I was only I was on a tricycle like I was only three or four so it was, there were things like that that happened but also there's a reason so many women have this like it's a it's a cultural thing as well because i was told by by films by books by my peers that for women sex would hurt and i would bleed that that's what happens yeah. and you just need to get through it you need yeah. to push through it now that i'm a sex educator and special i know that that's there's no actual truth in that there's no need for sex to hurt mm. sex can hurt but it doesn't have to hurt so I was going in, you know, as, as I, you know, reading or coming across these references as a child and then developing as a sexual being and then realizing I actually want to have sex. But like that idea had been planted that it was going to be painful years before. Mm -hmm. So, of course, my body was like, well, we don't uh, want that. Stiffening up. It's, going to, it's literally closing up. Like you're not getting in here. We're not letting someone in. Yeah. It's like, you know, if something goes down your throat the wrong way, your throat closes up and you yeah, gag. It's. Yeah the same concept somewhere my body decided that penetration when you think about it leaving someone inside your body is mm. such an intimate act yeah, it's yeah, such yeah. a vulnerable act that we take for granted you know um so somewhere along the way my brain my body whatever the whole system decided yeah. this is too risky we need to like protect grace from this yeah. um so then when i suppose with treatment i had a lot of therapy a lot of talking through this stuff but I also did because mine was quite severe. You can get different, you know, severities of the condition. But I actually had to go to the States for treatment. Um, and what they did was they actually injected Botox into the vaginal muscles. And that stopped them. Like in your forehead, it, it stops the muscles yeah. contracting. Yeah. And it wears away. Sure, the Botox has been gone years and years. It only lasts a few months. But it allowed me to kind of start getting physical treatment then. Mm. Um, so it gave me a bit of control back over yeah. my... And, to be fair, I'm, I'm so lucky. Like, I haven't had any issues since. Um, but for the eight years I had it, it was awful. Like, so awful. Um, I always say, you know, when I'm talking to men about it, I'm like, imagine having, you know, erectile dysfunction for eight years. Yeah, yeah. But there's also pain. And there's, because there's loads of research on erectile dysfunction. There's yeah. medication over the counter I've now. I've heard of, your con of that. Yeah, and you wouldn't because women's bodies are so under-researched like historically yeah. there's not as much research at all um Just thankfully the, things are changing the, the, timmy's dog is in the audience please yeah snore. he's snoring <laughs> he's bored yeah. <laughs> old king charles he's snoring over the coach yeah. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> it's actually soothing yeah. it's a really, really relaxing sound uh.
But uh, yeah. so do you know when you had the board hawks that mm-hmm. helped you relax. Yeah. Then that helped you to have regular experiences. Yeah. Do you think that reprogrammed your mind then around what, what 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 that should be like and then yeah. helped? It's literally reprogramming, yeah, because it gave me that that essentially that grace period where you the muscles cannot contract. So you can um, have sex and you can use these different, they're called dilators. They're kind of just these little, um, you put them inside your vagina. They're almost like kind of tampon shaped. There's different sizes. And all of that, it, it, it reprograms that kind of messaging that okay penetration is happening yeah. i'm safe it's all good yeah. now it wasn't pleasurable for a while yeah. like when i first started having sex i was like was this it yeah. but then um you mm. know that 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 can happen but the main thing was it wasn't painful it wasn't uncomfortable anymore mm. um but you know so many women because I'm, I'm i work with couples but i also work with women but i work with all genders of young people in, in schools like there is still this uh dialogue around women and sex and that and pain mm. it, it's just going to be painful and you know you just have to push through it enjoy it rather than enjoy it it's and it's still to this day that is still persisting mm. and you know i know you've talked about porn a little bit on this podcast because i've heard you talk about it and like yeah. you know what used to be quite niche porn because look everyone's into different things yeah. i never shame anyone if you're into any kind of aggressive this that the other yeah but now it's so normalized mm. that actually aggression during sex, particularly again, like on women, mm. it's the norm now in that kind of media. I got an anecdote of a nurse one time, uh, she works in the hospital mm. and it was around um, young girls presenting to the a with anal penetration yeah. or lube Tears. because the yeah. boys look at the porn and mm-hmm. they think like that this mm-hmm. you can actually do this to a girl yeah. and it's acceptable but yeah. not understanding you know the preparation that goes into the, yeah. the set but it's yeah. recorded yeah and that can be very harmful to to, to the girl of course and uh, but it's just the lack of education yeah. and, and people young people get their education from porn yeah, and, yeah. and places like it which yeah. is a dangerous place to be of course yeah and and then you know the other yes so boys look at this and maybe they think right yeah you know you don't see all the stuff that's happening off camera like the hours of production that mm. go into that say a 20 minute clip but you know and then on the other side of that and I know I'm being very heteronormative here because this happens in gay couples as well and it happens to all, you know, people of all sexualities. But girls then don't know how to speak up for ourselves mm. and say, no, actually, we need to, I need to use lube or I need more, like a woman's body takes roughly about 20 minutes to warm up enough for penetration. <laughs> Whereas men, if they get an erection, I know. it's kind of seconds. Yeah. So if you think of it like a microwave versus an oven, like, you know, uh, built yeah. a bit differently. We just uh, need to like learn about each other's bodies. Um, and as you said, look, porn, and I, I'm never, even when I'm talking to young people, I'm never ever gonna shame anyone for watching, for being curiosity is so normal. Mm. But the reason they're turning to porn though is because they're not getting it. They're not getting sex education elsewhere. They're not mm. getting enough of it. Mm. Um, porn itself, I don't think, is the heart of the problem. Porn is a reflection on society. That you know, demand supply. It's there for a reason. Uh, but we need to have really comprehensive sex ed, like um, age appropriate, obviously. Yeah. But from a young age, in in bits and pieces, build on it all the time. Mm. We spoke there uh, off camera about the uh, an ethical porn mm, industry. Mm-hmm, Do you want to talk mm. to us a little bit about that? Yeah. So and like, look, just say I'm, I'm definitely not an expert on this, but I suppose I probably know more than maybe your average person about it. But um, there are options like there are places, websites you can get your porn that are more ethical. Um, and what that means is it's it's produced more ethically. Mm. Now, the stuff you see on screen could be just as, you know, aggressive or wild as yeah. any other site. But that's that's not what it's about. But it's, they're going to be paid. They're going to be above yeah, age. Yeah. Mm. So they're going to. Yeah, they're going to be of age. They're going like any other job sign a contract you know kind of sick leave like that kind of thing because it's work you know sex work is work um in that industry if there were you know a porn performer is a worker just like any of us um but the thing with ethical porn is you pay for it makes sense it has to you have to pay for it for the you know the money to whereas Pornhub and all these are free so these ethical sites and look I'm not I'm not going to even name any because I'd need to go and research them and make sure they are actually ethical there's probably sites claiming to be ethical that aren't but they're against these giants like Pornhub and RedTube and all these that are like 
they just they actually pull content from those sites and put mm. them on their own for free. Do you know some of the girls in the videos in those sites you're talking about, the non-ethical sites or the unethical mm-hmm. sites, is it possible that some of those girls out there consensually, they might have been trafficked or they might be under the age of 18? Oh, 100%. You never know what you're looking at. Like, mm. If you think of, I mean, how many videos are even on Pornhub? I've no idea. I'm sure millions. Probably I imagine billions. millions. Maybe even more. So like, you know, how do we know what we're looking at? Like, you know, okay, there's some porn performers that are quite famous yeah. and you can see it's kind of in a studio, yeah, you know, yeah. it's like whatever, but then... That's a tiny fraction that's of the only, Yeah, but a lot of this kind of amateur stuff, you don't know what conditions that person is living in, mm. what brought them there, how mm. they're being treated, all of that. So, look, it's a really messy, complex industry. Mm. It's a complex topic. I think for me and my work it would be always bringing it back to you know if I have a client I'm like okay what's your relationship to it how do you is it affecting your you know do you think it's affecting your your relationship or whatever it is you said you did uh, occupational therapy Mm. in UCC Mm. I only found out very recently what occupational therapy is because in my role I get referred uh, pe- people from uh, community health networks mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in dietitians, occupational right, therapists, yeah, public yeah, health yeah. nurses and people like that but the, the way they explained it to me was a very simple way it was like um, if you used to be able to do everyday tasks before mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. now you find it difficult to do those tasks mm-hmm. then an occupational therapist will try and yes. support you yeah. is that a fair enough assessment? That's brilliant because it's so hard to explain to people honestly sometimes people still ask me and I'm like um how do I uh, so that's basically it and in that way um, it's quite similar to coaching you know coaching is becoming a big thing now yeah. life coaching business yeah. coaching and I'm, I have a, a qualification sex coaching it doesn't mean I go into people's bedrooms and like literally coach Slap them out. <laughs> squam my fair play have you have you have you ever been asked that by couples uh, to actually sit down during uh, maybe them having, having sex <laughs> And be able to kind of show them There are people do. who do that. Like, there are people who do that, are but that's, that's not my role. No, yeah. I haven't been asked. Um, kind of in indirect ways. I've yeah. been kind of, you know, mm. people would be like, yeah, so, and would you do this now? Mm. But, yeah, so with occupational therapy then, um, when I did it, it was four years in UCC. It was a great course, but, like, sex was hugely missing from it. You think about it. If you have, uh, God forbid, a stroke, a brain injury, a car accident, whatever. Yes, of course, you're going to be concerned with how do I walk again? Mm. How do I eat? How do I... But like sex, I know I'd be thinking about it. Will Mm. I be able to be sexual again? Will I be able to Mm. masturbate or have sex with my partner? And that was just... It was kind of, I think someone brought it up one day and we were kind of told, oh yeah, you just, just, just approach it like any other activity. And... To me, I'm like, mm, it's it's different though. It's yeah. a much more delicate, sensitive area. Yeah, yeah. So that's, I think, for me, because especially at that age, I was in college and I was, because um, I'd had the treatment as well. So I was actually starting to have sex and a few different partners and whatever. So sex was a big part of my life. Hopefully it always will be. Mm. Um, if I go to the right nursing homes, we were saying <laughs> that earlier. Um, so, but... Yeah, so for me, I was kind of like, where, this is kind of missing here, like, you know. So um, that's then, after I did like the OT, the occupational therapy, I went into a master's in health promotion. And with that, again, I just felt drawn towards the sexual health promotion side of it. Mm. And basically, I took an unpaid placement as part of the course to deliver sex ed in schools. And I just loved it. I just thought it was great I just thought it was so important yeah. it was so vastly different to what I got in school yeah. which was just don't have sex and here's a tampon you know mm. that was and we were speaking earlier there about going into schools yes yeah and even some of the pictures on your book yeah, yeah which yeah, is yeah. W- which we'll speak about yes. later on and yeah, yeah. um, they're very they're very graphic you know you mm-hmm. can see mm-hmm. every, everything and I was saying I asked you do the kids get a little bit Mm. embarrassed mm. Mm. and we were talking about and the kids actually they, they might get a little bit but it's mm. actually the teachers mm. the older teachers, generation yeah, get yeah. more <laughs> they get more embarrassed because yeah. like I, I, I'm I'm presuming I'm, I, I know that when they probably went to school back in what their 90s or 80s or whatever there was no such thing as any form no. of sex education no. to what we have today no. you know and, and they're 
their understanding of sex is completely different. You know, so how 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 do we actually change all that going forward? Do we introduce more of what you have in the book and bring sex education like that into the classrooms? Or do we just keep going with the, mm. the traditional method of the birds and the bees, to, you know, the really simple method that's yeah. there? Or maybe yeah. sex education for the parents as well. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. It's really hard to teach what you haven't been taught yourself. Yeah. And like, you know, when I say teachers getting comfortable, like I do empathize with them. Like it's yeah. kind of funny sometimes, you know, because yeah. you'll be in a school in like East Jesus Nowhere and you'll be talking about the clitoris for like 15 minutes and you've some fella at the back of the class being like, oh, Jesus. Um... <laughs> But like, and the, 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 the students will be looking back at them as well to see, you know, the reaction. So you have a bit of fun with it, like, but um, I think we need, um, and if, if people are listening to this and they feel uncomfortable or, you know, I would say lean into that discomfort. It's not a bad thing to feel mm. uncomfortable. Like change doesn't happen mm. in comfortable. So we do need sex education from a young age. Now, we don't need to necessarily talk about sex with young children, what we do need is to teach them the names of their body parts. Yeah. Like literally, I saw um, another sex educator, her daughter did this little video on Instagram and she had this, it's actually, it's this cushion and it's in the shape of a vulva and a vagina and a clear. So all the basically the assigned female at birth bits. And she was like, and this is the labia minora. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the lady major. And it was actually, I actually got emotional watching it because I was like, that young girl is going to grow up with knowledge about her body. Mm. And that is so empowering about how it works um, and that again that's leading back to the pain thing when you actually know how it all works then sex doesn't have to hurt it actually can be pleasurable it's and, not a mystery then you know yeah it demystifies it and there's nothing there's nothing dirty or inappropriate about body parts they're just body parts a child has um, a child has a vagina and, as, and an adult and I, they're used for different th- you know they're not used as a child but like mm. you know someday the child will grow up to be an adult and maybe want to have sex or want to have children or whatever mm. so it's just another body part and like the penis whatever um so i do think that like it is about talking from a young age in an age appropriate way you know when they're younger so talk about the body parts talk about boundaries about consent about different types of intimate relationships because friendships are intimate about how to process rejection that's a huge thing that i think particularly men need young men need Mm. stuff around is processing rejection without lashing out and shaming women you know that Mm. it's okay everyone gets rejected Mm. Um, because it can be a real kick in the ego of course it can yeah Yeah. it feels horrible yeah how do um what what are more what are some of the bigger questions uh that couples come to you asking like where where do they need most Mm. of their help from and Uh, where uh, they do they lack knowledge around yeah, so mainly couples would come because there is a, the fancy term is desire discrepancy, and it basically means one person wants it more than the other. You know, there's a there's usually the man over the woman. Not necessarily. Really? No, oh, I would have thought. No. I would have thought. And like that yeah, does the man happen. Wanted more, like pleasure the women more. No, like they say no, like, and yeah, I'm not, I'm not talking about my own relationship here. <laughs> 
But the man theoretically could have sex you just wink every day of the week. Whereas the woman might want it one one day of the week, do you know what I mean? But I'd say and you said it earlier on, a man is good to go as soon as the woman gives him the but, indication. But for a woman it's a bit different. Yeah. It's like the microwave and the oven piece. Yeah, and, and, and like say for instance a couple, mm-hmm. right? And again, as GM said, they are not talking about my own relationship, yes, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Disclaimer. But say, so for example, um a, a couple and say um, their needs mm-hmm. if the man wants to really really pleasure his wife mm-hmm. or, or partner or whoever more um, like what, what's the whole process do they do they need to get some form of counselling mm-hmm. with somebody like yourself mm-hmm. and to set out some form of structure around it mm-hmm. you know is, mm-hmm. is it is it a bigger process where mm-hmm. you have to sit down with both of them and yeah. talk about how the sex life is now yeah. Yeah. and what's missing yeah. or, and what yeah. what's needed more is it more foreplay here for her or for him or mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. you know because that's mm-hmm. that's a big deal because for most men it's like about jumping in Getting it done and getting out. Mm. <laughs> How romantic to me. Listen, listen. Oh, the reality of it is that, and we both know it. Mm. It is mm. like that, but it's not because sometimes a woman probably feels like they 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 don't feel like they're after being mm. um, respected. Mm. You know, if, well, if I it, think I think a woman. I know you you can prove us all. Me and James know are completely naive to this stuff. So <laughs> anybody I, listening, I do think not. A woman likes a bit of a ceremony around it. May, maybe like soft music, light mm. a candle, okay. some mm. kissing and mm. intimacy mm. before actual mm. Se- mm. penetration mm. sex. You know, mm. whereas I think a man would be happy to skip all that other mm. stuff and go straight. Can now, be, yeah. What do you think? Yeah. So it, di- I suppose, I mean, genuinely, it does differ. Like we're talking about, it's not that what you're saying is wrong, mm. but we're talking about, I suppose, stereotypes here mm. around men and women. Yeah. And then, see, the issue with that is, that's what then compounds the shame around the issue. So if you have yeah. a couple, and if it's a woman that wants it more, which I often see, mm. the woman feels her needs aren't being met. Um, but maybe, because there's so many reasons our desire might differ. Her needs no might be orgasm. Uh, more just having sex just, regularly maybe okay. um is the sex actually connected or is yeah. she having like mm. is it fulfilling sex is it actually enjoyable sex um yeah is she having an or you know these things can yeah. feed into it um but so say if it is a woman that like let's let's say has a, a higher libido or higher sex drive and your drive can go up and down through your whole life for different mm. reasons you know she can feel an extra layer of shame then because she's thinking god like you know most women are just happy with less than i am and here i'm greedy Mm. i want loads and then the man feels extra shame because he's like i'm a man i'm supposed to want sex all the time Mm. i don't want sex at all another man could probably please her better so we have to be really careful Mm. about the stereotypes of men and women and and you know they're there a long time these stereotypes and you know you're not wrong in when when you say kind of a ceremony, I love that word because uh, women can, and again, not all women, I have to always say that, but women can like get more from the story when it comes to sex. So kind of the foreplay leading up during the day. Like foreplay happens, it's not just the, the 20 minutes of oral or whatever, like, you know. the foundation with the text messages that yeah. morning, you know. Or it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, or it's complimenting how someone looks or it's yeah. like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas men... I, from my understanding they're a little bit more visual mm. um, so mm. it's kind of you know they, they get they and again kind of can get generally aroused a little bit quicker generally speaking yeah. um, so like when I meet a couple I usually talk to them separately first and then I do sessions with them together like as mm. a couple and um, I, I just love all the couples I work with I just think they're great mm. and yeah. I, I just admire anyone who goes because there's such, like you talk so much on this podcast about mental health. Mm. It's so less stigmatized now to go for counseling or go for therapy. Yeah. Couples therapy is still hugely stigmatized. Isn't it a great progressive step that a couple would actually go about it? It is. Rather than just it break is. up or just uh, persist with less than what they deserve. Yeah. And there is. It brings there, a lot of trust to a relationship as well, doesn't it? 100%. Like, it's kind of like, um, I remember I did an Instagram post before and I was like, People assume if, if, if you're going to couples therapy, oh, they're on the edge of divorce, like they're on the edge mm. of breaking up. And I always say, like, if you saw someone in a dentist, you wouldn't be like, they're about to lose all their teeth now. Mm. You'd think, oh, maybe they're getting a checkup. Mm. Like our relationship, surely of all things in life, our relationship deserves 
time and effort and yes money if you are going to specialists you spend a little bit of money on your sessions um if you want a long term you know if you're in this for a long term commitment whatever um it makes total sense that you might need to check in now and then mm. and have a little chat and work uh, on something yeah and and make the best of your sex life as well exactly because you know? it is so yeah. important and i suppose there's a lot of like a, a lot of people would have a little bit of shame around I don't know women maybe using sex toys mm-hmm, and that mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. but it's really about finding out how much more pleasurable life can be your yeah, sex life yeah, yeah, you know and yeah. there's no shame in actually adventuring mm-hmm, safely mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. with with your your husband or your wife or your partner or whoever mm-hmm. you know can you explain a little bit about around that why women might have some mm-hmm. some shame mm-hmm. associated uh, around maybe using a sex toy yeah. some we women have none yeah. they'll just yeah. whatever yeah. but what about women that would have a little bit of shame around sex toys I would say the shame is less about sex toys and more about pleasureful stuff okay. I think women are socialized to be how do I put this? Women are socialized to give, to nurture, to care. That's the role women have been given over years. And that's fine if you want to do that. That's lovely. Like, I'm not I'm not giving out about that. There's lovely sides to that. Um, but, you know, women have not been encouraged for a long time to actually speak up for themselves and say, actually, I want this or I need this. In general, I think I I truly believe that I think um, and I'm not saying it doesn't happen to men. I'm just talking about women right now, because, again, that was your question. And I think women like that have been, again, socialized to think that sex is done to them, not with them. Uh, And it's it's quite a flip the script moment when you kind of realize, wait, I should be getting just as much out of this as he is Mm. or she is or whoever you're, you know. Um, So with that, then I think comes in that shame around maybe saying oh yeah can we use a sex toy or can we do this or can just asking for something i think women actually find difficult because i think it can go against the way we're conditioned you know um you're kind of and I know you like I don't, you may disagree with this or not, but you know a lot of my friends would be women, and we always say like you're kind of brought up to like just not make a fuss, mm. like don't be a bitch, don't be a drama queen, don't be a diva. There's all these words mm. for women who ask for things or who yeah. speak up. There's not as many words for men who, you know, mm. what would you call a man who is a demanding? A bitch. <laughs> You wouldn't like, I can't think off the top of my head. No. There's that word like diva, right? No, you know? it's a masculine thing to, yeah. to do it. You know what I mean? It wouldn't be from exactly. Japan, right? It's, it's dominant and, and young boys, again, are being brought up to think, you know, again, to be, to be a man means to be dominant, whatever. Um, so what was I saying? Yeah, so I think with sex, I was like, that can come into it. It's mm. just, and there's shame then. Um, oh, hello, Dougie. <laughs> coming over for the chat about sex toys um there there is um shame then on again if it's a heterosexual relationship men thinking these sex toys are almost like a threat Mm. or but like as i was saying before sex toys you know they're your teammates they're not your rivals or competitors Mm. the goal should be pleasure the goal should be enjoyment and if something with a battery helps why not use it Mm. like honestly it just if it makes the experience even better, yeah. why not? You know? And what would you say to men? Would you say to men that do have problems with mm. sex toys, mm. their their wives or our girlfriends using them? Mm. Maybe encourage them. Yeah. Encourage yeah. them and, and be happy. Wouldn't yeah. kill the cat. Be happy mm. for them to maybe be happy for their women to, to be more confident mm-hmm. around you because mm-hmm. some women aren't confident enough mm-hmm. to use sex toys around men. Mm-hmm. You know, be confident about it and and get involved in the whole process and mm-hmm. try to yeah. enjoy it and overcome that initial bit of shame yeah. that you might have. Yeah. Oh, I wasn't taught to do this kind of stuff, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. We have the Catholic culture in this country. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. yeah. intergenerational. It's, yeah. it's been there as long as we can remember. Mm-hmm. And it, the church, and we were, were always taught yeah. to, you know, sex only when you're married. Remember the film uh, Kevin and Perry Go Large? Yeah. 
with Kevin's mum and dad, he he's 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 telling he's. Did you ever see it? No. Kevin I... and Perry go out just very good. It's around two thousand and two, and it's a real. They're in Ibiza, and it's a real like rave scene. But there's a brilliant, brilliant soundtrack <laughs> to the movie. But he's it's comedy, like. But he's mm. explaining to his his friend is on to him about his mum having sex. He heard him. Yeah. He says, "My mum and dad only ever had sex once," and he's remembering it. Yeah. But it's like the two of them are sitting in a in a, a an ugly bed. There go over two pumps. That's it. The two vomit into a ball and go to sleep. And that was the only time they ever did it. But it's a bit like that, you know, with yeah. the Catholic Church. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's it. Yeah. You, like, you do it to procreate, but that's it. Yeah. There's no pleasure to come it's from to it. To be missionary in the dark, three minutes, cry yeah. afterwards, yeah, um, or but pray or whatever. You you mentioned about libido a while ago, and I wanted to touch on that because libido can go up and down, as you yeah. said, throughout mm-hmm. your life. Mm-hmm. Libido like has many meanings, but in this context, it's your sex drive. Yeah. yeah. But for men, it can be to testosterone and that can go up and down because of obesity i'm reading the book at the moment okay. um why we eat too much mm. and it's about obesity mm-hmm. and just diet and nutrition in general mm. but like for people that are obese it can affect your hormone profile mm. in a negative way um another thing and, and then that can bring psychological issues like if you don't feel good about yourself you might not want to be intimate mm. you know so like it's not that you're less of a man or less of a woman yeah it's just like, that's how you are on that day and that's okay too yeah a hundred percent like how you feel about yourself in general can hugely affect your sex drive for yeah. want of a better word like if you're feeling you know like stress is the biggest libido killer in a way 100% stress and like you know what do you say to people just don't be stressed like it's hard you know you go through stressful periods of your life so I would say number one you know if there's anyone listening and if things have been a bit quiet in that area um, like don't despair straight away at all it doesn't mean the relationship's over it doesn't mean you're less of a man or woman it's just I'm sorry it's just all such bullshit like Mm. we just have so much shame around Mm. this you just can't win you know Um, you're shame for having too much sex too little sex this kind of sex using this to- like another thing as well so for, for people there. to be aware of as well you know victims of sexual abuse mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like they can be hypersexual meaning they have a, they want to have a lot of it or yeah. they can be hyposexual meaning they, they don't want yeah, yeah and yeah, like yeah. it's not like uh she won't put out or something like that mm-hmm. maybe if you have maybe if you're with a girl mm-hmm. that doesn't want to be intimate like that Maybe instead of giving out, or maybe try and inquire. Oh, I, I, yeah. Think, think about what yeah. what experiences that person had, yeah. Yeah. or if you think about you know, mm. the the partner that wants to have sex a lot, which it's just like mm. different experiences in your life can mm. channel you down a mm. type of a path as well, you know. 100%, but do you, do you yeah. get people that have kind of those past experiences come to you for support? Mm. Yeah, they do. And like now I'm not a psychotherapist, like that's not my background. So I'm really careful about, you know, my job isn't, I'm trauma informed, but I'm not trauma certified. So if someone, yeah, so if someone is coming to me, I mean, most, unfortunately, most women do have something in their past. Like I've unfortunately several assaults in my past and they're part of my story as well. And they've definitely affected my relationships and sex life at times. So um, while I wouldn't be delving into the real depths of it with, yeah. with a client, let's say, um, I would be kind of referring them to therapy for that. But if they have kind of done some work around it yeah. and it's part of their story, yes, mm. like we would talk about that. And it's so important for people to feel uh, safe. You mm. know, if you have been assaulted, it's so important for people to feel safe with a partner, um, safe in the knowledge that, you know, you, you will be heard if you say no, safe in the in the concept of that you can you can communicate you can talk some people who have been through particularly sexual trauma they can actually um when they're actually being intimate they can almost switch off disconnect a bit and actually struggle to speak to verbalize so then what that is is you talk to your partner beforehand and you say look if i grip your arm really hard it means stop Mm. if i tap your shoulder it means we need to we need to and all none of this can happen without communication. Mm-hmm. So you can see how, and I'm not anti-casual sex at all. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it can be absolutely brilliant, but you know it's very hard to build for a lot of people that trust. Sorry, that trust and that communication with someone that you've just met, mm-hmm. or um, so then you know it is really important for people when they are in relationships or new relationships. And look, even if they are casual, like friends of benefit relationships, whatever yeah. it is, what it is, the communication still has to be there. Yeah. Tell us about it the book. Yes, the book. Um, so the book is called Sex Educated. And um, 
it I wrote that because at the end of every session that I do in uh, school I ask the students to write anonymous questions and then I come back and I answer them during our next session um, and I just thought like it was my favorite part it's my favorite part of teaching getting the anonymous questions because I'm always like oh this will give me an insight now into yeah. what's going on yeah. what do they want to know some questions are heartbreaking some are hilarious <laughs> some are just messers some are really intelligent you know you just get such a broad range of questions and I was like we need to we just need to do something with them like we're sitting on all this and this is like a huge research project essentially yeah. that we're just doing anyway is it secondary school students are bored so I go to primary schools as well but this this is mainly based on secondary, secondary school yeah so that's when they're most curious really isn't it yeah well yeah. it's where you're talking about it most yeah. so they're coming up maybe they're starting to see things like porn or whatever and, and their bodies they, are changing exactly well. puberty is a huge deal so I wrote the book um, which is basically it's a Q&A f- format so it's questions and answers so there's hundreds of questions in there um myself and a few other sex educators as well who are brilliant um contributed to it and it answers all of the questions so either a teenager themselves can read it or a parent can read it a teacher can read it we get all ages wanting to get it um but it is and the illustrations as you said I think they're I don't think there's hardly any out there like it mm-hmm. they are so progress they are inclusive they are uh what's the word they are accurate yeah. but they're also like colorful and lovely they're not scary diagrams mm-hmm. um they're and they're not formal no not they're clinical not, medical yes. they're very they're kind of know. there's a warmth to them yes. um sounds like a good format yeah. because it's, it's yeah. like the the young people will ask the questions that maybe other people are thinking about mm-hmm. and then you answer them through the book mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. exactly yeah um and i mean there's so many like for anyone that well i don't know will this be on camera or not but you can see it it's big that's your camera yeah, yeah it's a big book it's yeah. 440 pages yeah. like mm. and that's it edited it was bigger congratulations um, on it thank you yeah. thanks yeah, well so done. much um yeah no i'm very proud of it um it was Kira Coogan just to mention because she's a wonderful Galway artist who did the illustrations and it's Sexual Health West is the charity who commissioned the book. So I used to work for them basically. Um, so yeah, it's, it, it is, I think it's, as far as we know, it's the first of its kind in Ireland. We don't know of any resource like this in Ireland. Mm. It is, it goes into all different topics. Like I don't think really anything is left out. Body yeah. image, porn, the anatomy, the body parts, protection, STIs, relationships, like, and more. Do you know what? From listening to you, mm-hmm. the information is coming into my mind. I'm saying, right, it's there should be a class in secondary school, mm-hmm. and a book like this yeah. within that class, and they're going point. through the book, yeah. and it's educating mm-hmm. these teenagers mm-hmm. more around mm-hmm. sex and how to mm-hmm. be more aware of their bodies, but also be more aware of 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 you having the actual option of saying yes mm-hmm. and no at the mm-hmm. same time 100% you know yeah, yeah. so like uh, where how I don't know how far we are away from something like that happening in our education system because it's still mm. stone age mm. you know um, it is getting better it yeah, is. Yeah, they yeah. are redoing we're yeah we're we're get we're, it's always that thing of okay we've come a long way but we've a way to go yeah, like that's yeah. how I would see it so if anyone has any contacts in uh, the department of education Most if you're listening yeah. um no but it is and it's um what I just don't like what I come up against in my work which is really frustrating is sometimes sex is seen as this like oh this kind of a I was going to say sexy topic, but that's not mm. like, kind of this kind of um, like funny kind of yeah. novelty. Not topic. real education stuff. Yeah, like. and I take great offense, not offense, but I take, I completely reject yeah. that. You've devoted your life to it, like, yeah, so. and for a reason. Like, if you, like, when I think of, you know, even me having the vaginismus, me being in, um, you know, physically, emotionally abusive relationship, very young, like, Having, I'm not saying the book will solve all these problems, but having a resource like this and then having classes as well that support the learning, it can change lives. Like sex education, I fully believe changes lives. It could mm. even save lives because when you think of some of the suicide, self-harm that is attributed to people who are gay or trans and they, mm. you know, they're not accepted or they don't know or they're yeah. afraid to come out, 
you know, all of this shame, shame is a killer. Shame kills people. And sex education is it, it's the it's an antidote to some of that shame. That's the way yeah. I see it. And where can people access the book and where can people follow you? Yeah. So um, they can access the book sexualhealthwest.ie. And the good thing about it is when you buy it, the proceeds actually go back into the charity who deliver sex education. So you're making a charity donation when you buy the book, Brilliant. Um, which is great. And then people can find me at the simplest way to find me is gracealice.com is my website. Brilliant. And if we are finishing up, I just want to give a shout out to my brother, Kevin in Istanbul and his, because he put me onto this podcast. He mm. told me he's a big fan. Uh, his hi fiance, Kevin. yeah, um, hi Kevin. Uh, his fiance Ubeda, uh, who is from Istanbul, they're getting married next month actually. Oh, congratulations! So we're we're going yeah. over there, so that's nice. fab. Yeah. So yeah, I just wanted to say hello. Well, congratulations yeah. to them and best yes. of luck. And thanks. You know for what? It's on been a very very informative yeah. I'm glad. conversation. I'm glad. You know, and I'm yeah. sure a lot of people will get the courage mm. to maybe look into a lot of stuff we spoke about so, today yeah. further, yeah. and they may contact you yeah. for some. Some more information or maybe mm. some counselling around yeah. around something that they may have an issue with. A hundred percent. And just to say quickly on that, you know, like you, if you do come to me, obviously, I mean, it's a professional service. It's mm. all confidential. But also, you know, I don't try and sell people coaching packages. None of that. You can just come for one session you know get we'll get to know each other have a chat i never push people on things i'm not going to ask you know and, and when do you have sex and what positions do you have sex in like that's not how any of this yeah. is you know so um just you know maybe take this if it's been on your mind a while take this as a sign that like you know you can do something about it there are people like me here to help you yeah um and there is help 100 percent for whatever you're going through and i suppose it's just about making that initial initial conversation yeah. and just yeah. breaking through that fear of talking about something that you you wouldn't really talk yeah, about yeah, and once you talk about it mm. your sex life could completely 360 100%. where yourself and your partner yeah. are getting the pleasure both if you yeah. want to give each other mm-hmm. but you're not just knowledgeable mm-hmm. around it mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you will give that information yeah. to them and not and then your sex life impacts all your other areas of your life so your mm. mental health physical health and sexual health are mm. all absolutely 100 percent fully linked yeah. so uh we can't undermine how important it actually is um so yeah i think you know if anyone is listening yeah just to know that they're ap- like essentially and i always say this no one's going to advocate for this except you you have to advocate for yourself i'm yeah. sure you say this yourselves about yeah. either addiction or mental health you have to be or yeah. you and your partner if it's for your relationship yeah. you be have to just do it, it yourself you have to make the first step yeah. um, and that's the hardest part people come to me they're so nervous <laughs> and by the end of it they're like god i actually honestly and i'm not just saying this trying to sell myself they say i feel so relieved I feel like I've just opened something mm. that's been built up for so long and it wasn't as scary as yeah. I thought it would be. So yeah. that's really great to hear as well. Great thank stuff. You, thank, you. Thank, Shania, you. thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.